The Low Post is brought to you by Goodyear. Celebrating March deal days with month-long service and savings, visit GoodyearAutoService.com for offers. And now, The Low Post. Welcome to The Low Post podcast on a Friday morning where we are six days away from the trade deadline, but some trades have already happened. People are acting early. Miami acquired Trevor Ariza. And the Bucks made a very interesting move to acquire P.J. Tucker. But there is much left to do, even on boring trade deadlines. They're never actually boring. Lots of stuff happens. To help us preview it, our insider, our cap expert, former longtime Nets executive, the one and only Bobby Marks. How are you? I'm good, Zach. How are you? And I've already had my... Usually about a week out from the trade deadline, I start having nightmares in the middle of the night. And I did have my first nightmare last night that woke me up about 4 o'clock that... Uh, a fictional trade of Paul George and Kyle Lowry to the Nets for Kyrie Irving. And I woke up thinking like, how in the heck does that work cap wise? But the person in my dream that I talked to said, Hey, don't worry about it. It works. And I was like, checked my phone right off the bat at four 30 and that trade did not happen. <laughs> that is, that is really sad. Uh, I had a dream last night that four of my friends and their families were quarantining at a former IHOP that still had all the IHOP like syrup and technology to be a functioning IHOP. And they were having lots of pancakes and great meals. And I wanted to go visit them. This is what I was dreaming about six days before the trade. Then I woke up very hungry, Bobby. Um, <laughs> well, that dream will probably is more likely to happen than Kyle Lowry and Paul George in Brooklyn. <laughs> Let's say uh, that. I, possibly. Uh, what did, before we start, what did you think of the uh, Bucks acquiring PJ Tucker in a deal of, uh, of minor draft assets? I would say. Yeah. I mean, it, it was creative. I, I thought that, you know, the, uh, Milwaukee, because of the hard cap and based on the picks going in that Drew Holiday trade, really had limited options to, to go out and do it. But they go under the uh, – Milwaukee goes under the lux, lu, uh, luxury tax, gives them flexibility on a hard cap. Houston, from their front office, creative with their draft picks. I don't think it would have been able – they would have been able to do it if um, they didn't have that 2022nd from the, the Harden trade that was the Bucks essentially, that they got for, from Jarrett for – uh, you know, from Cleveland and for Jared Allen. But I had never really seen a team basically swapping a first for a second. And then, tr you know, you trade back that 2022nd and, you know, you have, you move back a year in, in the draft. So it was creative from, from both sides. And, you know, we'll see what brand of PJ Tucker we get in Milwaukee because he has not been, uh, he hasn't been great this year at all. And is it just the level of interest of a Houston team that's, you know, has taken on major water and, do we get to see the P.J. Tucker from the, the previous years? But it gives Milwaukee a lot of different options as far as lineups that they can they can roll out there with him. I really liked it. Well, I didn't really like it. I liked it for the Bucks just because P.J. fits a, a, a number of things they need. He's another switchable defender they're trying to switch. I mean, he's a, he is a master at switching. He was the keystone of why that scheme worked in Houston. And that Houston team was proof that you can't, Switching is a skill. It's a skill both both mentally and physically, and you can't just decide we're switching now. It's It takes practice. It takes work. It takes commitment, and it takes defenders who know how to do it, and PJ is one of those defenders. He's a good corner three-point shooter. That hasn't been the case this year. I do think he'll be rejuvenated. The Bucks clearly value that, particularly with Giannis making a little leap in playmaking, and that was one of the reasons they were so into Marvin Williams last year. His his corner three numbers are off the charts. So I think, you know, when you look at it, 
what they really did is basically move back six, eight, whatever spots it is in the draft to get P.J. Tucker. Now, is there a little bit more risk in extending their first round obligation from 2022 to 2023? Yeah, that's just more time for Drew Holiday to get old, for someone to get injured and all that. But with Giannis locked up, I I think that one year delay is a worthy gamble to increase your championship chances this year, particularly with the Nets looking like an absolute powerhouse without Kevin Durant, which is a little bit a little bit scary. So those are my PJ Tucker thoughts. All right, so Bobby, um, for this podcast, I asked you to rank your five most intriguing trade deadline teams, and I did the same thing. And I will say right off the bat, I stayed away from the obvious ones that I've already talked about a lot, like Toronto and Orlando, because I think we're going to get to them by proxy anyway. You are free to do whatever you want, Bobby Marks. You are a citizen of Florida. That means you can do whatever you want. You can run around naked in your yard and fight an alligator. No one is going to judge you. Um, So you told me a couple of years, but I told you to not spoil the rest. So let's start at the top. Give me the number one most intriguing trade deadline team for Bobby Marks. You know what? And I followed your rules, Zach. I am not going to give the obvious. I'm not going to say Sacramento or OKC or Orlando. Those are those are more obvious. So I'm going to go with the kind of more of the unknown. The first team, the Charlotte Hornets. I, I find them intriguing based where they are in the standings. Um, still have a sliver of cap space left of $4 million. Um, got three expiring contracts who actually kind of have value to you on the, on the court with uh, Biombo, Zeller, uh, and Malik Monk. Um, and have that, uh, they are a tier three level uh, playoff team. They're not in the Brooklyn, Philly level. They're not in the I don't even think they're not in the Miami level. They're in that next cut above with the uh, New Yorks, probably Atlanta's of the world. Um, so I think Charlotte's intriguing to me. Mitch, you know, you go back and study Mitch Kupchak's you know track record at the deadline. Though he's very conservative, right? There rarely does he make a move, and we're going to hear John Collins' name a lot probably leading up to the deadline. Atlanta's played some really good basketball of late. Um, kind of put themselves in that top six right now. If I was Charlotte, I would I would dangle one or maybe even two draft picks to go and see what the, what the cost of John Collins would be. And I know whenever you acquire a free a free uh, soon to be free agent, you have to go out and, and overpay him and um in you know for this for this offseason. So Charlotte for me um, is intriguing just because of where they are in the standings and they're one of those teams that still have all their draft picks. They're not on my list, but I am intrigued by them nonetheless. Uh, I like how you described the third tier of Eastern Conference playoff hopefuls with New York and who else was in that tier? Atlanta. Atlanta. Atlanta it reminded me of Atlanta. when um, <laughs> reminded me of when George Costanzo was picking the scholar for the Susan Ross Memorial Scholarship, and he said, "You know, this guy right in the right in the meat of the curve with his C." Grade point average is 2.0 grade point average right in the meat of the curve. That's the third tier. Um, Charlotte, I mean, John Collins is interesting, right? I mean, you'd have to decide if, is he a four or is he our, our five of the future? You know, they do have that sliver of cap space and it just, they would be really fun with a center or a big man who could do anything with the ball after setting a screen for one of their many, many guards and ball handlers. I mean, Cody Zeller, God bless him. It feels like he misses every layup by two inches. And Biz is just, 
bit is just stone hands. It's not going to happen. I mean, he's a good defensive player, but they, if they could just get anything offensively out of their centers when they play their real centers, they'd be interesting. I don't. Collins is is tough, right? Because he's one of the Hawks' top three players. Trey Young, John Collins, Clint, Clint Capella has been fantastic. He's fit better than everyone expected with Clint Capella. The Hawks are under enormous pressure to make the playoffs. By the way, imagine being Lloyd Pierce right now. You get fired because your team's underperforming. There's all these rumors of dissension and all this. Then McMillan gets the job. They won seven games in a row. They got all their free agents back, the guys that were injured. Gallo has found his footing. He's starting to actually play well again. The schedule is just like one Cleveland after an Oklahoma City after an injury riddled whoever. And so now it looks like I, I would Lloyd Pierce has got to be looking at this like, well, great, convenient timing. Um, but they need to make the playoffs. And John Collins, quote unquote, only makes four million a year. Like they're I, I don't think they can afford to trade him just to trade him for like a pick and a young player because it's going to hurt their current team. He's also like he's their backup center, basically. I mean, you can tell me they're messing around with the Kongu now and then when he's healthy. Um, Nathan Knight's gotten in recently, whatever. Like, John Collins is their backup center. If Clint Capella gets hurt, like, it's a big deal. You need insurance at that position. So I'm not sure. I don't know what the likelihood it is that they're going to trade John Collins. I, I get why it makes sense for them, because if they don't want to pay them and he wants to explore the market, get something now, I would I, I would lean like 60-40 against the trade, I think. I agree. I mean, I, when you go out and spend $160 million on, on, um, on free agents, you know, Gal, with Gallinari and that group there, um, and now you fired your coach, you are, have won, I think, six or seven in a row, um, and then you go out and you trade your third best player because you, you know, you're, you're concerned as far as what the cost is. And yeah, I mean, if you're going to get back a top 10 protected first and a player from Charlotte, um, to make the money work, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Now, if you're going to get back a top ten protected first and something else like an unprotected, which I don't think that would happen, then it maybe in, intrigues you a little bit more. But um, see, I think Charlotte is one of those teams where you got to be real careful trading draft picks. Oh yeah, like like it, it, if I'm getting Collins, it's got to be. Yeah, I'm I'm getting nervous. Anytime you say the the U word unprotected, I'm getting nervous right off the bat. Two picks makes me nervous. They've also got the Devontae Graham situation, which has been talked about a little bit. He's a restricted free agent. I, I honestly thought they would come to terms with an extension with him by now. He's eligible for that Norm Powell, Josh Richardson style extension. Um I'm I'm a little surprised that they haven't. And they have a lot of ball handling. You know, Monk has re-solidified his role. Lamelo is obviously the franchise. Rogier has been excellent in sort of a hybrid off guard role. Um, you know, I, I, if you threw Graham in with a pick with Zeller's expiring, does that, does that get me into more conversations? Maybe I'm not really sold on Devonte Graham as like a starter in the NBA. I actually don't think, I think he's too little, but he's a good player who can, who can play backup minutes and, and then close some games for you. I mean, I just don't think. I mean, it's no secret, right, that Miles Turner is is a name that Charlotte has looked at. And I just don't think top 10 protected pick plus Devontae Graham plus Cody Zeller, I, I, I still don't think that gets you – I still don't think that's enough. Yeah, I mean, I think Devontae's in a perfect role uh, coming off the bench. I think regarding extension-wise, I think Charlotte prioritizes cap space um, 
in uh, this off season because if you extend Graham, um, you basically remove that four point seven million dollar hold with a new what his you know his extension number. Let's say if it's twelve million, so that takes eight right off the board. Um, will he get that in, in restricted free agency? We'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the type of package. If you are Charlotte that you would have to send out, it would probably have to focus around Graham and a, uh, you know, in a first round pick. Now, if you throw me in, if you throw bridges in or Washington in, then the conversation gets more interesting to me because you could argue if you Charlotte that there's there's some there's enough skill overlap between those two guys that I can trade one of them for someone who brings a different kind of skill set. I you know what you've sold me. I'm more intrigued by Charlotte after All this right. conversation. There you go. Let's transition into one of my teams. They weren't number one on my list, but we just brought them up, so we might as well do it. And that's the Indiana Pacers, and I think they were on your list too. Yep. And they seldom appear on these kinds of lists because they're a, a pretty conservative franchise. They're generally pretty good all the time, much to their credit. They never tank. They're always decent. Um, they are now 17 and 22 after a pretty rough stretch. They are still 10th in the East though. Yay. East. Yay. <laughs> 10th. We got 10th. We got 10th. Yay. Um, but that's whatever. Karis Silvert just came back. That's a big deal. TJ Warren will in theory come back at some point. Maybe I don't know. Um, and, you know, they're a good team. It's just they've fallen pretty far. They don't feel right now like, ooh, I'm scared of them in the, in the first round. Um, and more than that, they have a lot of stuff. They have a lot. They have $116 million on the books already for next year. Without Doug McDermott, who's having a wonderful year and is a free agent, and without TJ McConnell, who's having a wonderful year, and is a free agent, and by the way, is by far the leading candidate for the DJ Augustine Memorial. Holy shit, did we just pay our backup point guard $8 million a year contract of the summer? And it doesn't sound like a lot of money for the Pacers, but that's a lot of money for the Pacers. Like if you, if the Pacers are up against the luxury tax, that's kind of a big deal for them. Not over it, but near it. I just feel like if I were, I, I think, I, I mean, I've heard that there's a little bit of action. I'm not really sure what it is, but if I were another team and there was someone on the Pacers that I really liked, I would be calling them because they just feel ripe for a deal. They're one of my, holy cow, that came out of left field trade candidates. Like you could all, you could tell me any deal for the Pacers absent a Karis Levert trade since he just got there. And I would be like, oh, that's not that shocking. Yeah, I mean, in, in Kevin Pritchard, they're head of basketball operator. Another guy who's had been somewhat conservative up until this the Levert trade uh, as part of that Harden deal. And six players next year that will earn more than $10 million, but not one that goes over $22 million. So they're kind of like they're, they've stacked their contracts up. They're, you know, as far as from, from Brogdon to, to Jeremy Lamb. And that's a lot, by the way, that's a, those are the trade. I mean, they're a little higher, but that like 10 million to 14 million range and only two of them fit necessarily into that. But like, those are the contracts where you're always like, whoa, if only so-and-so had one of those kinds, like you can't find them. That's why Marcus Smart has been in every it, trade rumor for it's three like years. Bo it's like what Boston has gone through. Like we, it was like, it, it was always top heavy, right? It was like um, Hayward, Horford, you know, that group there. And then it was like, there was nothing kind of in between. It was like Marcus Smart, and then there was nobody. There was nobody like those, those salary cap filler type uh, type trades. And if I was a team, McDermott would be. I would have uh, interest in Doug McDermott. Uh, you know, 
six-man role, having a career year, but as another guy that's going to be an unrestricted free agent. And I think what Indiana has to do with with um, regarding McDermott and TJ McConnell, they're going to have to get a comfort level in the next week as far as what the cost for them is going to be when it comes to free agency. And I think McDermott's north of the mid-level, I would think, which is about 9.5 Agreed. this summer. Um and uh, you know if it's if it's going to be 12 13 million dollars um you know are you going to be in remember this was a team that had dipped their toe in the luxury tax and then went back out um in a in, you know by making by making a trade to clear uh i think it was tj leaf to phoenix to, to clear some some room or tj leaf to um, oklahoma city um but yeah it's about cost and or are you do think that this We'll turn around and with Levert back, and maybe you get TJ Warren, and you kind of hit it, had a hit a streak. But another one of those tier three teams, right? Like you're you're not getting up to the to the big boys up top, and you're probably not going to get where Miami is. I would keep an eye on Aaron Holiday. It feels like he's again. This depends a little bit on McConnell, right? If you think you're going to pay McConnell, like he's part of our team now, he's been. I mean, he's. He gets so many steals. I actually think he should become a pickpocket on the side if he feels underpaid. I mean, the guy is going to rob a bank the next thing you know. It's crazy. Um, you know, if they're going to pay him, then I Aaron Holiday feels like. I mean, he's already playing like seven minutes a game. He's, he's not really. He's very much on the fringes. But there are a lot of teams that are still intrigued by him and his skill set and his explosiveness and his toughness and all that. I. I I wouldn't be surprised if he moved, and maybe that's all that happens. Maybe it just becomes a minor, a minor move. But you know, the Sabonis Turner thing is just endlessly interesting, right? It, it works just well enough, right? Right? Like they're okay together. One year the Sabonis only minutes are awesome. The next year the Turner only minutes, like this year, are awesome. It still just feels like they're treading water until they figure that out. But it's not necessary. Like, treading water is fun. I like treading water. You go in the water, you float around. It's fun. It's not a bad thing to tread water. It keeps you alive. It's kind of fun if there's some waves around, you bob around. But it it, it does feel like it's just become a placeholder that is lasting long, 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 and is still somehow a placeholder. Any other Indiana thoughts? No. I mean, it's, you know, I, I think... Getting Levert back gives you more stability. Another score here. I, I think they. I think they turn it around, and I think they'll be. They'll probably be above five hundred when this ends. But I don't. I mean, five hundred is seventh in the East. You know, five hundred is eighth in the East, and which is fine. You know, you, you take a stab at the playing game, and hopefully, you can get to. You can get to. You get to round one. And I always say those act like. There's always a myth a little bit about guys on expiring contracts um, when you're kind of a little bit – you're not a contending team and like we've got to trade them. You know, we've got to trade them. Well, I think you you, you move off them if you have – as I said, you have a comfort level that you cannot afford them or you do not want to um, – or you do not want to you know bring them back. But you could always hold on to them and work out a sign-in trade in the offseason. Like that's right. – you know, and that's like – you know, I mean maybe we'll talk about Andre Drummond later. Like that's the thing like I'm thinking about like Andre Drummond like – if Andre Drummond never stepped on the court this year again, it won't be the end of the world for Andre Drummond or you know or his agent because there will be more options from him from a financial side of it, um, and he'll probably you know be able to make a little bit more. But that's you know that's a conversation for you know later. Yeah, if I'm Andre Drummond, I'm still I I don't know. It's easy for me to say. 
I would take a little less money in a buyout if it meant I could go play for the Lakers for three yeah. months and try to win a championship and up my value. Because I think, I said this on the jump this week, I think Andre Drummond's become underrated. Like, he's been pigeonholed as, like, all his numbers are empty stats. He's just yeah. a stats good, good stats, bad team. They're empty. Who cares about his rebounding numbers? And there is some truth to that, right? Like, his teams have generally rebounded about the same or even a little bit worse when he's on the floor. So his rebound, he's just taking uncontested rebounds from his teammates, blah, blah, blah. Um, he's an okay defensive player. I, you know, the numbers still have meaning. They're not, you don't rebound, you don't get 15 rebounds a game and it's like completely empty rebounding, particularly how good of an offensive rebounder he is. He gets a lot of steals. And yeah, is he the most willing roller? No. Um, look at the point guards he's played with throughout his career. You put that dude next to LeBron, like that's a problem. That guy's going to look way better than you think now watching him play with guards in Cleveland who are not great playmakers or Reggie Jackson or Brandon Jennings. But they, he had some nice chemistry with Brandon Jennings for a hot second, actually. Um, uh, give me your next most, uh, your number two, I guess, most intriguing trade deadline team. The team that probably has too many players that can play right now, the Memphis Grizzlies. I don't know if the the cake is, is ready to come out of the oven <laughs> when I say that regarding Memphis. With where they are, a playing team in the in the Western Conference, uh, I think a solid playing team. They've got. I mean, you look at their roster. Probably outside of, you know, Jonte Porter. I mean, they go like 13, 14 deep here, uh, and they don't even have Jaron Jackson back, Junior, who you know, hopefully gets back soon. And they've got those. Um, they've got all their picks. They've got a first from Golden State. They've got a first from Utah. Um, you look at their cap lever, uh, ledger, you know, Gorgie Jang's on an expiring. He's the highest paid, $17.3 million. But you've got, you've got a lot of players there that if you wanted, if you want to put both feet in the deep end, um, you can go, you can go out and, and, and do, I mean, there's, you know, between, you know, certainly jaws off the board, but guy, you know, Kyle Anderson, Dylan Brooks, you know, Winslow's back. I mean, all those guys make between 13, nine, 13 to $9 million. Yeah. I, I mentioned them last week. I think they're super interesting. You're right that they they are just every player on their roster basically is a legitimate NBA player. Like you don't feel, I mean, Desmond Bain's a starter. You don't feel like he's taking anything off the table when he's on the floor. Grayson Allen's back. He played well the other day. Tillman is perfectly fine. They just have a lot of guys. And, you know, last year that, that, um, that Iguodala and Crowder trade with Miami was super interesting because, you know, they got a player in Justice Winslow who was not going to play for them last season, and they knew that. And that was a, we think we can help our future without completely shooting our present in the foot. And then the pandemic hit, and they just missed the playoffs. And so they shot themselves in the foot a little bit, but they did help their future. This year, they could go either, it was kind of a split the baby trade. And this year, they could go either direction. They could just say, hey, anyone want to give us a top 20 protected first round pick for Kyle Anderson. I don't think so, but Hey, if somebody does, but why not two seconds? Maybe that doesn't get it done. Anyone want to give us anything for Dylan Brooks, any of these guys, I mean, Dylan Brooks, my God, the shooting numbers are ugly, but, uh, or they could say, Hey, what if we consolidated Kyle, whatever, pick a player who's not one of their two main guys. Plus a pick is, is there anyone that can actually like, Hey, why not? Why not make a run? Why not try to be a real, a real threat? I think if you force me to predict and why they fell off my most intriguing list in the last week, based on what I've heard, I think they're going to be pretty conservative, pretty careful, and the most likely scenario is they just unload 
Gorgie for whatever they can get. Um, and that's not that exciting to me. But if I were them, I'd be on the phone a lot. And I think they are. I just think they're going to be I think they're going to be very, very patient. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, I think the uh, the Gorgie contract is you know another expiring that a pretty decent number. It's not a north of twenty million dollar guy like Aldridge or Drummond. That's going to be hard to. It's hard to move. Um, but I mean, they've done a great job at drafting. <laughs> I mean, they have kind of cornered that market of drafting guys. I, I said it a, a month ago. Those three and four year guys in in uh, with Brandon Clark and. You know, John Moran and Grace, you know, and Grayson was a trade. Um, Desmond Bain, Tillman. Um, but as I said, when we, we start, like, the, the, I don't think the cake is ready to come out of the oven yet. Right. Have like, you ever baked just, a cake, Bobby? I have, have not. You ever actually no. baked a cake? No, I'm not a baker. I didn't uh, think you did. I no, didn't think you had. I don't think you can speak with no, authority I'm, on when a cake is ready to come uh, out of the oven. Uh, only when Alexa tells me to, it's coming out of the oven. Um, that's when, uh, but I'm more of a spaghetti and, you know, kind of a grilled cheese kind of maker. I'm not a, I'm not a dessert guy. You know, um, dessert's hard, man. I learned the hard way about 15 years ago. I, I I was dating a girl at the time and I was in charge of measuring out stuff for a cake and I just ballparked it. It's like I bought one cup. That's like ballpark that half of this, half a table, whatever. But you can't ballpark. It turns out I ruined the whole cake. I think I actually ruined our relationship by ruining the cake. You can't ballpark when you're baking. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I'm not a baker. Definitely not. A um, how about, you know, this just dawned on me. We were talking about centers for the Hornets. Valanciunas would be pretty good there. He's been great. <laughs> I mean, he is. Valanciunas, I watched them play, and I feel like I need to get in the cold tub on behalf of all the people that Valanciunas is just mauling all over the floor. The guy is so physical. But again, like, he's super valuable to the Grizzlies. He has one year left on a pretty good contract. He's still pretty young. I'm not sure that there's a deal there, but. I just it just dawned on me as I'm looking at their cap sheet. We just went through all the big men, you know, Charlotte big men. Like I don't that I I might make a call. Like he'd be kind of fun in Charlotte. He he doesn't he's not like a a runner. He's a pretty slow dude. So that sort of pace match with Lamelo and the way he wants to play isn't great. But I don't know. Just a thought. The Low Post fans, listen up. Have you heard you can listen to episodes of this very show ad-free on Amazon Music included with your Prime membership? That's right. All your favorite The Low Post episodes can be heard on Amazon Music ad-free. But that's not all. You can listen to other top podcasts like First Take and Pardon the Interruption ad-free as well. They also have favorite shows like The Daily, Part of My Take, and Up First, all without ads. You know what this means, uninterrupted listening, so no more cliffhangers. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts, so we know they definitely have something for you. And it's already included in your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free, or go to Amazon.com slash low. That's Amazon.com slash low to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days. It's also the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering on Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your personalized training in mind. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute course session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes help you focus on your needs and goals. They are also made to challenge you with a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, okay? full body strength, marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. Peloton's expert coaches and nonstop vibes 
Hashtag vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. And with a wide variety of options, whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Can I give you my next intriguing team? Go ahead. I want to make sure we talk about this team. They were they were not this high on my list a week ago, but they are now, and that's the Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah, the Los Angeles Clippers are not winning a title as of right now. Nope. With their current team and the way they're playing now, they're not good enough. And I, it's the first time I've said that about them in in two years of this experiment. I picked them to win the title last year. I was actually weirdly confident in that pick, and they collapsed. Um, they are five and eight in their last thirteen games. You know, Kawhi's missed two, PG's missed two, Ibaka's missed two, Beverly's missed three. It's the doldrums, right? We're in the doldrums. I don't like what I'm seeing. And the reason I don't like what I'm seeing is during that stretch where they haven't looked very good, everything I said on this podcast a few weeks ago when I had Oman, the red flag, and I said it with Pelton months ago, the red flag all year has been they don't get to the rim and they don't get to the line. They're just a jump shooting team. That's all they are. They don't get out in transition. And in that five and eight stretch, all of those trends have just been exacerbated. They get to the rim even less. They are never getting to the line. Their free throw rate in the last month with with their stars on the floor, both of them, is so low that if anyone is paying attention to it within the Clippers, it's a, it's a red blaring alarm bell going off that it's just too hard for us against good defenses. It's And everyone's going to want to point to the point guard problem. And I think Having a good point guard would help. I I I've, I I don't think it's a total non-issue. I think it's been blowing up a little bit, but I, I I just don't think this team right now is winning the championship, and that has to be their goal. You are so beyond all in. You've thrown your car keys in the pot. You've thrown the deed to your house in the pot. You've thrown your grandma's antique watch. Everything's in the pot. I think they're going to do something, and the record of this team and this front office since Lawrence Frank went came there is. You will not hear anything about it. And all of a sudden, Tobias will be on the Philadelphia 76ers or Blake Griffin will be on the Pistons or Kawhi and PG will be together with the Clippers. Um, Now, you can take us through this. They obviously don't have much left, right? They traded all their picks. They have a bunch of Pistons second-round picks that they got in that bizarre Luke Kennard transaction. Luke Kennard, by the way, is just MIA. Um, They are only about $580,000 below the hard cap. Um, but I, I think they're going to sniff around stuff because I just look at them. I think they're really good when they, on the right night, when Marcus Morris is eight to 12 and again, Ibaka has been hurt. Ibaka does change the geometry of their team in a way that means something with the spacing. When he makes a couple pick and pop threes, like there are nights where it looks good, but just, I get nervous when there's a prolonged regular season stretch that exacerbates something I was already worried about. And that's what's happened with the Clippers. So that's why they're on my list. So we could talk about people yeah. if you want, players if you want. But th- did you, did you, did any of that resonate? It, it did. And it, it kind of it reminded me back in, you know, in 13, 14 in Brooklyn, when you, when you go all in and you're not content of, or, or the team struggles, it's like you kind of keep on spinning the wheel, right? It's like, it's like the guy that goes to the ATM machine. And like eventually, like there's not, it's going to come insufficient funds on uh, what the receipt's going to say, right? Like you keep on trying to make a deal, trying to make a deal, trying to make a deal to try to fix something um, that maybe can't be fixed. I, I still think there's 
players and draft picks. I know we talked about the hard cap, you know, where they are. They've got 10 seconds. Which what are they hard capped by Ibaka? Is Ibaka uh, mid level? Is that why they signed Ibaka for the mid full uh, full mid level? Um, they've got ten seconds, which still has value in this day in the NBA. Yeah, um, for sure. So Pistons seconds are valuable. Bruce Brown going to Brooklyn. I mean, that was a, a second from um, that they had acquired from Toronto in um, in, a, in a prior trade, um, and it's a matter of as I always say, like. Hey, if you want to be a buyer, you got to be a seller, right? Like, so who you want willing to sell? Is it Lou Williams? Is it is there an appetite for what's left on you know Patrick Beverly 13-3, 14-3? Uh, um, Lou's on an expiring. Zubac's been good for you, and he's on a really good contract. And then you've got you know Patrick Patterson on an expiring, Capengelli on an expiring to make kind of the money to, to make the money work to give you some flexibility. Because if you do a two for one or a three for one type trade, you're still going to have to, you know, build out your two, um, your, you know, your two, you know, roster spots here. So yeah, I don't think I don't think the, the Clippers are content saying, hey, you know what? This, they they can't this, be. This, this so look, the, Clip, the Clippers are awesome. Let me be clear. Kawhi's awesome. PG's yeah. had a wonderful year. They have a good team. Ibaka's really good. They're just their their conference is absolutely loaded. Yeah. And the Nets are awesome. The Bucks just loaded up. The Sixers aren't going away without Embiid. They've actually been quite impressive since Embiid got hurt last week. Um, I just don't think right now the Clippers are good enough to win the championship. I just I wouldn't pick them over the Lakers. Um, and look, right now they're faced. They're in the four or five series with the Nuggets. You think they want to see Nikola Jokic again after last season and Jamal Murray? They're, they're going to get PTSD looking at those dudes. Um, I can I give you a trade? Yeah, let's go. Patrick Beverly, Patrick Patterson, and who's their guy that makes the Clippers? Yeah, somebody who doesn't matter to their team. Yes. Uh, a Toro, uh, Cabangeli, whatever. Yeah. And a couple of seconds to the Wolves for Ricky Rubio. Now, I've been I've been talking about Rubio to the Clippers. I've mentioned Rubio before. The reason I bring him up, and the other name we're going to hear is George Hill, right? Is if the yeah. Thunder need more Clippers assets. Um <laughs> I just don't see the uh, the big game changer that the Clippers can get with what they have left. It, to even get in conversations with someone like Kyle Lowry, if there are even conversations happening. And I see the local Toronto media, again, Josh Lewenberg, who's a friend of mine, reporting that the Raptors are, are telling people they're not trading Kyle Lowry. Not sure I'm, I 100% believe that, but we can talk about that later. You're not getting in those conversations without Zubats. You're just not like Zubats is the, is the valuable asset that they have, the valuable young player that they have, and trading Zubats without getting a center in return opens up a huge void on your team, both short term and long term. So I think the names that we're going to hear for the Clippers, unless they do something out of left field, which this is the Clippers, they might, are going to be like does George Hill change your life? Does Ricky Rubio, who has struggled horribly until the last three weeks, change your life when you know? that playoff defenses are just not going to guard him. Whether he has the ball or off the ball, they're just going to go under picks, leave him alone. Maybe he does. Maybe he adds some juice and some creativity and some electricity that kind of jolts your team a little bit. Maybe it's worth the price that I just mentioned. But those are the kind of names that I think we're going to hear from them, unless there's like a, a, some old depot thing I don't see coming. But I don't know. But they that, that takes them close to the hard cap, which is why they have to add a little salary. What do you think of that? Well, shoot, if I was in Minnesota, I'd do it. 
If I, I think was, I would too. I would too. I mean, do you, have you looked at their? I know we're talking clips here, but I mean, have you looked at the the Timberwolves finances next year? Uh, they're they're, they're going to be they're, right at the tax for the next two years. Yeah. So you get back, you get. Um, and Ricky's yeah. making seventeen million and yeah. seventeen eight and next it, year, and it saves you like four million dollars. And then maybe you can flip Beverly for something down the road on an you know on an expiring here. Um, but yeah, that those are the type of deals that you are going to be looking at um, if you're if the goal is to try to get a point guard, Rubio, George Hill, um, and others. You know, you're going to have to add money because of the hard cap. Um, we, we mentioned that cap and Gelly number, which is at two one. Um, and then, as we said, you've got all these, you know, you just anti, you just unload, you know, basically say what picks, what second round picks do you want? You know, you just un- unload them. Um, but those are, the, you know, those are the trades when you are, have gone all in and you're not content that you are, you are digging deep to see if it, if it makes sense for you. What do you think is happening with Lowry? I think what Kyle is, is that, um, it's it's funny. It's I I I equate Kyle as having a, a no trade clause, a fictitious no, no trade clause. Where if Kyle Lowry wants to get traded, Kyle Lowry will get traded, and if that if hit, that's by him going to management and saying like it we, you know hey, it's been a good run, you know this is kind of where I see it. This is where and this is where I want to go. You know if, if it's Philly. The Clippers, I have a hard time just getting, you know, getting to the numbers to make, you know, make a deal work there. Um, if that's, you know, from a from a trade standpoint, but um, I, it's, I feel, I mean, Toronto's in a, I won't say the word, crappy position because they were playing better before COVID hit. They're stuck in Tampa, you know, like you got no. You're fans. a Floridian. Be careful. I know, I know. but that's North Super Bowl champs, baby. That's north of me. I don't count. I don't count that as part where I live. Um, Super Bowl champs, two-time Super Bowl champs, right? Stanley, Didn't they win another time? I think Stanley Cup too, right? Is that the, the city Sting, of the, the, what, what are they? The Rays? Uh, no, oh, they're the no, Lightning. No. They're the Lightning. Yeah, the baseball is the Rays. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, they're just in that you know, like they're in that weird position because when they're healthy, you know, they had a pretty good team, you know. But you've got that expiring, big expiring of Kyle, but. As I said, like if Kyle Lowry wants to get traded, Kyle Lowry will get traded because he'll go to management and say, you know what, it's time to kind of go in a different direction. Tampa Bay is what you're saying is is the city of champions, really. Yes, um, <laughs> that's correct. You know, I do think the Raptors have optimism in this regard. I think they are confident their team, once they get everyone back, and Anunoby is the last one coming back from the COVID stuff, I think they're confident we can make a run. I mean, they're still only three games out of the fifth seed in the loss column. I mean, if they're in 11th and it feels dire, but the Hawks are 21 and 20 with the fifth seed. The Raptors are 17 and 23. Um, now, they have a tough by the Eastern Conference standard schedule the rest of the way. Um, but I think they're confident if we get in, like we're a problem. We can we can win a series. Can we win a second round series? Maybe not. And and so I think that the only thing I'll say about Lowry is I agree with you. The ball is in his court as much as it is the Raptors court, even more maybe. I am not. I am not closing the door on it until the deadline passes. I don't really these reports that are coming out. I think they're interesting. Teams I've talked to do have the sense of like Toronto is not 
like aggressively out there trying to trade him, right? I think that's accurate. But I'm not closing the door on it until 3.01 Eastern time. Well, really, sometimes it's like 3.06 Eastern time on trade deadline day passes. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes! Catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's there up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, watch out for them. You name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Another name, by the way, our friend Mark Stein just reported regarding the Clippers. They are pursuing Lonzo Ball from the Pelicans. And that's an interesting name because, um, you know, Lonzo was the most trade-rumored player six weeks ago and has since really surged and shot the three well and looks like a decent fit there. He's also surged in a role that is very much not a point guard role. Um, But like, and is similar to Rubio, I guess, in the sense that, you know, in the half court, when he has the ball, teams are going to go under and dare him to shoot mid-rangers, dare him to shoot floaters, but he will energize you with his passing and secondary playmaking and transition play, and maybe that's the jolt they get. If I'm New Orleans, I'm looking at his restricted free agency. I think all the teams with cap room and no point guard will take a look at Lonzo Ball. We It's, it's just math. You can figure out who those teams are. You know... I'm not sure the Clippers have an offer that really, when I've got matching rights on him and he's pretty good and he's pretty young and he seems to fit pretty well with my most important player, I'm not sure the Clips without a third team have quite enough to get Lonzo Ball. I agree. I mean, I'm looking at it right now and I I just don't, without any ones to use, and as you said, he's a restricted free agent. You know what? It's funny, Zach, is that I'm looking at the landscape this this, um this offseason, I think we were kind of overrating the cap space game a little bit here as far as how many teams, I mean, yeah, New York and San Antonio, I don't think Oklahoma City, I think they're just going to hold on to their big trade, <laughs> their big trade exceptions and just sign like two and $3 million guys. And then you're looking at Toronto and Dallas and, you know, Charlotte, uh, Miami uh, with, with teams. So it's not like it's, you know, we got like 10 teams or, you know, 15 teams with $30 million in room. So I think New Orleans has leverage. He's a restricted free agent, and you have the right to match. The one thing that um, – and it's funny. I was t- texting with a team last night, and now they asked me about Lonzo. And they said, like, what do you think that – how what Lonzo's number is going to be in, in re- restricted free agency? I was like, I don't know, like 18 to 20? Maybe it's more. Who knows restricted free agency? And they're like, 
well, why would New Orleans want to, you know, move off him when he's restricted and he's wanting, he's playing at a pretty good clip right now. Um, and I think the goal for them would probably be to try to move off Bledsoe first, um, you know, which, I mean, he's got a couple more years left on that deal. Um, they are know, not going to be able to move no. Bledsoe without incentivizing the nope. team. Yeah, I agree with you. It's not going to happen. No, I agree. Um, but yeah, I mean, going back to the clips and, 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 and Lonzo, I just, I don't see how it, you know, Matching salaries, yeah, but you'd have to get a third team involved. Kennard can't be traded because of poison pill, and he's got, and that number's pretty, that's 12 8 next year. Um, what a weird spot for the Clippers. They pay him an enormous amount of money in fear of this cap landscape, I think. And, and also, sure. in, in uh, you know, showing faith in his talent. And now he's just out of the rotation. Like Terrence Mann just blew past him in the rotation. The Pelicans also have to think about, they are. 12th in the West at 17 and 24. Right now, the play-in ends at Memphis at 18 and 19. So you're like five games out of the play-in. And that's a lot with however many games they have left to go. Uh, Their schedule is in the middle, so it's not not crazy crippling. But, I mean, mean, they lose to Minnesota by 30. They destroy the Clippers. They lose two twice to Portland, once blowing a monster lead in the fourth quarter as Damian Lillard goes bananas. You, You can't figure the Pelicans out, except what you can figure out is you're not going to be able to figure them out. They're going to be a wildly inconsistent team that doesn't quite know how to win yet. That, that has to factor in. Like, do you, do you just bail, not bail, but do you deprioritize? We're trying to make the play in this season. I mean, like Reddick is going to be somewhere else for sure. And the only question is whether that's a buyout or a trade. Yeah. I think, I think JJ is probably more of a, more of a buyout guy. And Griff Griffin made an interesting, um, you know, comment about, you know, cause I guess in New Orleans they're, they're saying like, let's just play the young guys, right? Let's just play uh, Alexander Walker and, you know, uh, Kara Lewis. Um, and he's like, like, they haven't earned their minutes, you know, like we're not just going to roll guys out if they haven't, you know, earned their minutes. Like they, you gotta, it's gotta be kind of a, um, a process. And we've and lately we've seen Alexander Walker's minutes go up a little bit. Um, but yeah, Hayes, her, is, Hayes is back in the yeah, rotation. I think he's in, in jail now after murdering. Was it Reggie Jackson? Who did he? Who did he destroy the other night? <laughs> I think it was Reggie. Oh goodness, poor Reggie. <laughs> give me um, your, give me your, give me your. Oh, I'm sorry. Continue on the no, Pelicans. No, I mean that's yeah. I mean they're just kind of in that in, interesting spot where it's like another team that doesn't have to do anything because they're. Hart and, and Ball are restricted free agents. You have matching. You know, Josh Hart's going to get a pretty good offer this summer, I think. Um, you know, from I think he's I think he's north of the mid level. Yeah, I think the mid level is his floor. Yeah. I think that because every contender will just be like, well, he's just plug and play for us, and most of the contenders are capped out. So I, I think he, the mid level will be his floor. Yeah. Um, my next team, and it's not, and they're more obvious, but I think they're they're they should be talked about is New York. Um, it's just because we never see a team that has fifteen million dollars in cap space at the trade deadline. Right, it's like crazy. That, you never see that, and like the, the it's going to be interesting the inner office dynamics between Tibbs and that front office, where like you know he's trying like they're he's trying to get in there to the playoffs, and I'm sure that front office would like to. But you have some parts of expiring contracts that have value with Burks and Noel and Reggie Bullock and that group there, um, Alfred Payton, um, and you're kind of like straddling that line of trying to get into the playoffs, but accumulate assets down down the road, and it's that is a hard line to straddle there. Yeah, they they have that bonanza of cap room, which is very unusual, right? Like they could they could take on Victor Oladipo without sending out 
too much salary. And I think Houston has signaled they don't really want long-term salary. I mean, you know, one of the issues with the much rumored Oladipo to Warriors thing, I mean, that has, there's like a million issues with that. Um, not the least of which is that if the Warriors were to acquire and re-sign Victor Oladipo, they would have five giant contracts on their books because I don't think the Rockets want Andrew Wiggins in return. Um, but yeah, one of the issues is that finding the money for Houston that's palatable to them is a bit of a problem. But the Knicks don't have to send out much. Now, the problem is what's what's in it for Houston, right? Maybe a Dallas pick. Yeah. Is that enough? I mean, a Dallas pick and some filler salary? I mean, you know, Oladipo has been mostly not very good in Houston. Had a great game the other night. He had 34 the other night, but mostly not very good. Um, has been really uneven since his really tough injury, that patella injury. Um, but the world has been uneven too. Like the season stopped and there was a bubble. Then he, they were in the bubble for a very short time and left and then he got traded. Um, you know, he's turned down all these extensions signaling that he thinks he's a, a max player. We'll see. I don't know what you do with him. If, if you're a team, particularly like the Knicks, I mean, it's not like the Knicks are just thinking about next year. The Knicks are six in the East. Like, you know, the, would he help their team? Probably. It's, it's an interesting calculus for them. Yeah. I mean, I think if I was New York and you're, the people, people would say, well, well, you could just sign him as a, as a free agent with, with cap space. I, I would take a swing at him for the next two or three months. And I would send them that Dallas pick this year and I'd put protection on it, which you can do because it's unprotected. You could protect it and go like top five or top six protected, which the likelihood is that Dallas makes um, the playoffs playing game or in that it's going to be in that, you know, 14 North of 14 range um, and send out a, an expiring contract, you know, send out a, send out an Alec Burks and a, another, you know, player to kind of get, get within that number. Um, but it isn't, you know, it's funny with, you know, with, with their cap space, it's not like kind of a use it or lose it scenario because, you do have a little flexibility in the offseason when you get to the draft. If there's, maybe there's something of the draft that makes sense or right after. Um, but if the goal is to get in the playoffs and um, and not be in an ultimate seller mode, you know, why not Victor Oladipo for two months? And so I'm get, if I'm Houston, I'm getting some mid like five million ish contract and a Dallas pick. I mean, I would say throw me Kevin Knox too. Yeah, I just just because they talk about a guy in the witness protection program, right? I actually thought he was he had made a, some meaningful improvements before he fell out of the rotation. Um, I think that's. I don't think they're going to get better than that for all the, I mean, they they might get a little better than that, but I think like a a middling first round pick and something else somewhat interesting is about the ceiling of what they're going to get for Oladipo. And yeah, they could hang on to him and try and sign and trade him this summer, but um, the the power is out of their hands. I mean, they need his cooperation to do that, and he doesn't need them if he wants to go to a team with cap room like New York or Miami or whatever it ends up being. So, you know, I think they might, I mean, they'd have to consider something like that, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's kind of, if you don't and you get past the 25th, then you, he's he's gone for nothing. So would you rather have a, the 16th pick or the 15th pick in a pretty good draft? And, you know, for a team that's not going anywhere, I, I think I would. Let's do one more team, and I'm going to take it from my list. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I think the most intriguing group of teams are sort of, I guess, where the Clippers are now. Like teams that have pretty high ambitions and aren't quite meeting them so far or have realized other teams are 
um, exceeding expectations and making the field more competitive. So I'm going to pick one of those teams. And that team is the Denver Nuggets, um, who are 24 and 16 and playing quite well. Plus 5.5 points per game. Very solid scoring margin. They have maybe the MVP favorite right now in Nikola Jokic. Um, lost Jeremy Grant in the offseason. Offered him what Detroit offered him. So, you know, I'm not sure what else they're supposed to do other than outbid the Pistons. And, and they would have been pilloried had they done that. Um, that said, they are clearly sort of, with Michael Porter's emergence, a lot of which has taken place at the four in the last six weeks. He's been outstanding. And really finding a rhythm playing off Jokic and Murray. They are missing that sort of 3.5 player, that tweener forward player who can guard big wings so Michael Porter doesn't have to, but isn't sort of a plotting non-spacing four like Paul Millsap or Jermichael Green is kind of a spacer, but he's closer to a backup center than he is a 3.5. Um and those are the players that are most desirable in the league right now. That's why you keep hearing Aaron Gordon and Harrison Barnes all over the league. So Denver has, they owe one first round pick to New Orleans, I believe, right? But they yeah. can trade another first. They have Bull Bull, RJ Hampton, and then they have the contracts attached to good players, Gary Harris and Will Barton. Um, is that enough to get them into something like Aaron Gordon? Or I mean, all the intel is Harrison Barnes is not going to get traded, but... I think Denver is going to look around pretty hard and be pretty aggressive and at looking at guys at that Jeremy Grant kind of position. And, you know, the wild card for them is in 21, 20, no, in 22, 23, Michael Porter Jr.'s next deal kicks in. So you've got next season as the only window you've got left before Jokic plus Murray plus Porter is taking you way over the cap on its own. Well, yeah. I mean, you look at 22-23, that's the first year that Jokic is, is super max number, right? You add that with Murray and then an, ex, an, an extension with Porter. I mean, you're looking at so, – you know, you're looking at $100 million, million for three guys. in those three guys there. Um, and Denver was number four on my list of interesting teams. Ooh. Yes, they are. They were in a late edition, let's say. <laughs> a late edition. Okay, so tell me why. Tell me why. Because as they are, as you said, they're kind of in that tier two. Um, I always, I, it drives me crazy sometimes when they, people say, like, oh the, oh, the window's wide open, right? The window's open forever because you've got Jokic and you've got Murray and, you know, they're under 25 years old and the future's bright. And, there's never a guarantee you're going to get back to a Western Conference Finals with this group here. Um, you know, you had to come back from two, three, one deficits to 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 do so to get to a Western Conference Finals, and you've got, you know, I mean, Gary Harris has been hurt, inconsistent, but 19-6, 20.9, and then as you said, you've got a Will Barton contract, you've got a Millsap contract, a Jamichael Green contract. You know, three guys in that thirteen seven to seven million dollar range. You've got the numbers. You've got young guys like Hampton and um, and Bull. So and the, yeah, and those are those are eye of the beholder guys. Like yeah. maybe there's a team that really loves one of those guys. I I would throw Zeke Naji. I actually yeah. have been very impressed when Zeke Naji's gotten in the game, and in Denver, I'm sure would love to keep him. But you know, it's an eye of the beholder thing. Like you just if some team really loves one of those guys, that's how these trades happen sometimes. Just a team just loves a guy and that's the, that's the connector. Yeah. And um, so that, I mean, that's kind of where, I mean, just from a, 
from a trade standpoint, contract standpoint, that's where, you know, and, and they're, they're always active at the deadline. I mean, I mean, last year they, you know, the Beasley, Heron Gomez trade, um, you know, Tim is always looking to, you know, tweak as he content being in that five, four, five range right now. Um, I don't, I don't think so. Um, so that's kind of why they're uh, number four, uh, number four on my list. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be super. I, I thought, I thought, I mean, the, the 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 thing about Jokic is he can fit with any kind of player, and and Murray too. Like Murray is not Murray is not um, one of these guys who's who needs the ball all the time. Who wants to run? I mean, maybe he wants to, but the way they're set up, he doesn't. With Jokic, he doesn't run seventy five pick and rolls a game, or he doesn't have the ball all the time. He's not sort of you know a dictator that way. Like Lonzo would be a good fit in Denver. Yeah, um, I thought PJ Tucker would have been a nice fit there. Speaking of that kind of archetype, I, I don't know how. I, I think they sniffed around a little bit, but I'm not sure how much. I, I, there's a lot of different directions they can go. Um, I'm not sure they'll get anything done. And again, you know, next year is there if they could find a guy whose deal expires after next season, similar to like Gary Harris has that timing right now. Will Barton, depending on his option has that timing right now. I mean, that's clearly how they've lined up their books. Um, that would be ideal because any big deal that runs longer than that, um, and Aaron Gordon's deal happens to run that same length, um, is is becomes a financial problem for them. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like how Oklahoma City has kind of lined, or in, or in the past had lined up their book. They never let guys expire, right? They keep on adding, you know, moving you know, a guy off and then at, getting a, acquiring a player that has – kind of multiple years left because let's face it, when you have those high numbers, um, it presents a major challenge in free agency. And I don't know what Orlando's gonna do. It's like it's like a, a sport within the NBA trying to figure out what Orlando's gonna do. Well um, Fournier, Gordon, I mean the Fournier on an expiring, I mean if you need a shooter, come playoff time, um, on a pretty decent number. Um, even if he's a rental, I mean I I take a, a, a stab at him. Could you build a trade around Spencer Dinwiddie and Fournier? Yeah, you could do that. I'm no, I don't know. I'm just, you don't have to say yes. I don't, no, I don't know. Oh, you, you, is you, that you, enough for Orlando? Like a Dinwiddie and a second? If I, you're going to lose injured. him, if you're going to lose him for nothing, and but he's under he's unrestricted, so I, I'm not guaranteed to keep him. Right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, shoot, if, that, if I was, in, I mean, hey, you know, you can never add any more, enough shooters if you're Brooklyn, right? Add another shooter. For a guy that's not going to play, you you got to be convinced he's staying in Orlando, and you got to love him. You got to love, 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 love him, and you have to be a little worried about Fultz as a starting point guard, which I I'm not quite sold on Markel as a, as a legit good NBA starting point guard, but he's he's made lots and lots of progress. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what Orlando's going to do. Uh, I I said I predicted earlier this week if you put a gun to my head, I'd say they trade Fournier. Vooch they keep because I just think yeah, he's the I franchise agree. player and they're just gonna they would demand a haul for him. Gordon and Ross, I just shrug my shoulders. The best I can read the tea leaves right now. Now Ross has two more years left after this one, so that's a little complicated. Declining deal. They are the masters of the declining contract. Then, and then Utah is the masters of the incentive bonuses. <laughs> there you go. Uh I, I think Aaron, the best I can read the tea leaves on Aaron Gordon is and again I want to make clear. <laughs> I mean, it's very hard to read the tea leaves, and I'm just somewhat blindly guessing. I think an Aaron Gordon trade is more likely now 
than it has ever been in the past, despite the fact that the rumors have been flying about Aaron Gordon for like a half decade almost at this point. It feels to me, my spidey senses feel to me like this is the most likely it has been to happen. But you just never know because he's still pretty young. They're everyone in the league, or the, he has fans in the league. Everyone is intrigued by how he would look in a different system. He's played out of position, this and that. If you trade him and he thrives, you do run the risk of like, well, wait, where was this guy all along in Orlando? So I don't know what they'll do, but it, it does feel more possible than it has ever felt. When we did our fake trades uh, a month ago, I had him going to Minnesota. That was my. Well, they love Aaron Gordon. That's yep, the secret. That was my. That was my fake trade as far as trying to pair him next to you know Carl Anthony Towns here, and uh, and I do agree as as far as if you're going to max if you're looking to get rid of him, you maximize a player that has a year and a half left compared to a player that will be on and expiring. Any other team we didn't talk about that you're super intrigued by? And you well, can talk I mean, about I think in just Sacramento. I mean, they're kind of in the news, and I think I agree with you. I don't think Harrison Barnes is is going anywhere unless they're overwhelmed. You know, I don't think uh, you know a late first round pick from the Celtics intrigues them. Um, you know, I think they're trying to. Hey, they're another team that's trying to get into the play in. You know, like you know, they're not in a a fire sale um, a fire sale mode. Um, you know, so they kind of in you know they kind of intrigue me a little bit there. I mean, um, certainly the Thunder because how many more picks can we get? Can we get Oklahoma City to like thir- Can we get to thirty six draft picks by the end of this trade deadline? They already got thirty two, seventeen ones and fifteen twos. But can how many can we get any more of these uh, these draft picks that you know that 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 Sam Presti has accumulated here? Um, so that's probably another team. Minnesota is intriguing. I think. A guy like I know it's not going to be a household name, but like a guy like Jared Vanderbilt, you know, who kind of is like a a, um, a younger maybe Jeremy Grant type level um, player, um, who they might have a, tr- a, a trouble re-signing because we talked about their their cap uh, sheet for next year. Um, but yeah, those are um, you know OKC, Mini, Sac, kind of other th- of the other three teams. Interesting. All right. Well, we've got six days, Mr. Marks. Thank you for joining us here on The Low Post. We will see you all over ESPN television, audio, online. You never stop working. Uh, Stay safe. Watch out for the alligator. (laughs) Thanks, Zach. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.